All right, everyone, and welcome back to Practice Cindy Yoga's podcast. We took a little hiatus because, you know, <laughs> pandemics. Um, Wait, what's going on? There's something going on I in mean, the world? Are we not? It's actually not. It, well, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's really casual and like nothing. No. So, no. no okay. You're not missing I hadn't heard about it. So, I was just, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, so yeah, we're back and we're, we're having a, a very titillating, <laughs> titillating conversation today around our book club coming up on May 9th with the one and only Mary Margaret. And, uh, the book club is going to be around and about the book come as you are by Emily Nagoski. So I'm going to pause there and I would love Mary Margaret for you to talk a little bit about maybe your relationship with this book and then um yeah like any like intros to this discussion would be great yeah um so a lot of you uh may remember me from an earlier episode i don't want to brag but it's not my first time at this rodeo um but i'm a, a therapist in private practice um i talked about trauma the last time i was on here um and so my area especially though as a psychotherapist is human sexuality and, and gender. Um, I'm a sex therapist and that's kind of the primary part of my practice. Um, so I've been in the human sexuality field in some way as an educator or um, STD test counselor, therapist, something for the last like 16 years, I think at this point. And Emily Nagoski, who is the author of this book, Come As You Are, has always been a leader in our field. It is just a delightful addition to our field. And I saw her speak uh, 2015, 2016 at the um, National Sex Ed Conference. And um, it was when this book came out and, and she spoke about it. And I just adored her 2015. I just looked at the copyright of the book. Um, I just adored her. And I loved her approach to, I think for me, what was so helpful about the way that she writes is that you know, she's a scientist, um, and like everything here is research based. And so she talks about the science and acknowledges like the way we typically do science still is very much like male, female, like for control groups. Right. And like people of all genders can experience the things that she has observed. And so I really like how she brings in, you know, like sticks to the science and the way that we do science and acknowledges like the problems within that, and then tries to universalize, uh, what her research does for folks. Love it. Love it. Um, I think just, you know, from my experience, this book was pretty earth shattering because um, I would consider myself a very open person and I have been very blessed to have a lot of friends in the LGBTQ plus community, even though I am the epitome of heteronormative. Um, but I grew up in Alabama and I grew up under, you know, the pretense that sex is between man and a woman and male pleasure is the only real thing we seek, right? Like, I, yeah. um, I remember the first boyfriend who like wanted to give me an orgasm and I was genuinely like terrified and freaked out because I'd never been taught, I'd never been taught about female orgasm period. I remember a friend, um, you know, giving me that DL, but that certainly wasn't the speech I got in the birds and the bees speech. And, you know, and no fault to my parents, they grew up in a similar environment. So I think, I think this is something that as evolved as we are in the year 2020, 
we are so behind in this conversation, especially for women. Another great book I just finished reading was The Awakened Woman by Dr. Tara Rye Trent. And there's a whole chapter on um, one of the women in her village, like <laughs> literally bitching out all the other women for not telling her about her clit. And like, and she's like yeah. screaming at them. She's like, how could you not let me know of this source of unbelievable bliss and power and like embodiment? And it's like, reading this book, I kind of had, you know, I've had orgasms. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to get personal, but lol, here we are. So I, yeah, I've had loads of them. I've had loads of them. So I'm blessed. And also know that thanks to my, my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, that sexuality and sex experience is incredibly broad and vast. And yet my own experience as heteronormative uh, cisgender female is like, this was the first time ever that I read somewhere. Like it's, you're not only allowed, it's like your birthright and like you, and it's not embarrassing and it's not shameful. And even as I share these things with you and I'm like, you know, I feel confident enough to share them. I'm embarrassed to say the words I've had an orgasm sometimes. Which is crazy, right? So I think um, I think what I'd love for you to talk about is a little bit about like what is sex? What do you what do you tend to see when you talk about sex with people versus sexuality? And I think an important thing we can highlight about this book is while it's centered around female experience, this is universal no matter how you identify. Um, totally, because I think men are kind of men, you know whatever version of male you are, are kind of screwed too, because you're taught to not give pleasure. And I think there's something that you, you miss in that too. You know, you miss in the experience. So anyway, what is sex versus sexuality in your experience? And, and how can this book be useful in, in exploring those themes? Yeah, I love, there's so much that you just said that I was, I'm so happy you brought up. Um, you know, so my, my own self-disclosure is that uh, I remember I was like 18, I just moved away to go to go to college, and I um, went to a new doctor, you know, to establish care with a new physician, and one of the questions that she asked me, as a female physician, I just, I don't know why I feel like that's important to say but I, it is, I guess, um, is that she asked me, you know, first of all, like just looking at a piece of paper and not at me. So I felt like she wasn't even like really like listening to connect with me and, and hear my answer. She said, um, asked me, are you sexually active? And I said, what do you mean? And what I meant by that was like, I mean, I guess, but depending on like what activities are you including in that? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So like, what, the same question to her, like, what is sex? Like, are you asking me, like, am I having intercourse with, a, like, with a man or with a, like, a, like what, what do you want me to say to you, right? Are you asking about my risk of pregnancy? Or are you asking, like, what do you want to know? And she didn't, she got really flustered and, like, red in the face. And I thought that was a really easy question for an OB to answer, frankly, someone who <laughs> allegedly works in sexual health. Um, and she couldn't really give me a good answer. And so I then, like, 18-year-old, who also was very nervous as this new doctor, like, sort of started rambling about, like, what my sexual experience had been up until that point. And she sort of just looked at me and blinked and said, okay, and, like, marked a checkbox. And I still don't know what she wrote down. But, like, so, you know, I, I think I'm really aware of, like, what does sex mean, my own experience there. And, um, you know, whenever I've been on the other end of that, I've done a lot of um, – 
you know, testing of for HIV STD stuff, and, and we often ask about sexual history and, and current activity for the purpose of realizing, like, what is your risk, what are the risk factors that you have, and how can we maybe create um, some more protections around whatever activities you're engaging in. And so I always like to be really clear because of my own experience, what I'm asking, am I asking, have you had sexual intercourse that is, you know, might result in pregnancy? Is that what I really want to know? Or am I asking, like, are you putting yourself at risk in any way sexually? And let's talk about those ways. So I want to be really clear. Um, when I am talking with clients, what happens oftentimes is even folks who identify as queer have a really heterocentric idea of what sex is so they'll say like well, we didn't have sex but you know we did other stuff or like we had we didn't have sex sex <laughs> or like real real sex or like you know and, and what they're saying is like we didn't have intercourse it's like okay um but there's a lot of other stuff on the menu that you could have done that that we need to talk about so i think you know when when i want to define sex i want to be really clear what i'm talking to clients and so kind of what would a sex therapist say sex is, you know, it is any kind of, you know, kind of the physical, and I'll keep it in the physical because we could talk for 16 hours about, like, what is sex really, man, metaphysically? But, like, <laughs> you know, like, physically, there are, like, reasons that every species has sex, right? Procreation being kind of top of the list as far as, like, we need a way to kind of recreate the next generation of, of people or animals or whatever. Um, that's a reason. And that also bonding uh, pleasure, right? That we experience pleasure for a reason. So sex is, feels like something that we want to do so we can make more people. And there's a bonding aspect to that that really does, you know, solidify the bond with whoever you are, you know, creating a, a tribe with, a home with, however, you know, looking back in history and across cultures, whatever your sort of nuclear setup looks like, that the hormones released during sex contribute to bonding. And so that's another reason. And sex is pleasurable, and that can just be for fun, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's okay. And so, you know, those are kind of, I think, of like the three like main functions of sex um, as a physical act. And then, you know, from there, of course, there's like all those things then, especially in humans, get meaning attached to it. And I think that's maybe um, like the sexuality piece of, of your question, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So like the, you know, sex being the very physical act and, and the reasons for it and sexuality being, well, how do we experience that? Right. And that might be, I think the most basic for me is like, there are all those physical reasons and, and yes, it promotes maybe bonding or it's reproduction or it's, it's just pleasure and like happy hormones get released. And the meaning that we as humans give that is our sexuality. So that could be about our orientation. You know, are we queer? Are we straight? Um, you know, that can change over a lifetime too. Um, our orientation, even as far as like, what are you into? You know, do you think of yourself as like a vanilla person who's into like sort of the very, um, you know, quote, normative sex? Or do you think of yourself as being kinky into different, um, you know, things that other people are like, I didn't know that's a thing, but that's how you identify in your sexuality. And so I think it's about the meaning that we give to it. And that changes over time so much that it's an evolving conversation that I think as, as you and I go along today and talk about like, why is it important that we're in touch with this information? I think that's a big piece of it is that our sexuality evolves over time as do that of our partner. Right. And, and we need to have the language to keep up with that and continue to give it meaning and to thrive in it. 
Yeah, I think too, um, you know, if someone were to dive into this conversation and they've been listening to our podcast, they're probably like, wait, what the, why is this a topic? And why is this the book? Because we're normally talking about yoga. And as I was listening to that and, and everything you shared, it's like, yoga is the yoking of mind, body, spirit. And there's not like, yes. a clause. there's only like a clause of like, but not your sexual self, you know, just like your, your physical body from your navel up and then your like, and then your thighs down, but you know, or anything in between like your neck and your pubic bone is off limits of the yoga, but everything right. else is yoga, you know? So I think, um, I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to discuss this. And two is because, you know, we are working to unveil or, you know, move from a state of avidya or uh, veiled consciousness or ignorance to a state of, of deep knowing or full, full blown knowing and even into liberation. And um, I joke often in 200 hours that, that, the one of the only ways I know how to explain bliss is an orgasm that like tiny moment of bliss where nothing else in the world matters. And you just, you can't see anything else, but that exact, you know, literal blissful moment. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to discuss this. Um, and I think it, from my own limited lens as a woman that has been suppressed most of my life and um and not to anyone's fault it's just that that's how the cards have been dealt and i think another yoga thing is we're constantly moving from subtle to gross and back gross to subtle and i think it's very much a like gross concept to pigeonhole people into you are female and this is how you should feel about this and you are male this is how you should feel about this and there's no crossover and there's no you know there's no reconfiguring of that um card deck like it is it is this so i think that's what i uh, from a yogic lens that's what i'm interested in because we are so much more than just like a beating heart and breath and a mind like there's so much going on in our fascinating beautiful bodies and if we choose to take the role of the householder which is someone who is not an ascetic which is someone who doesn't choose celibacy if we choose to be sexual then we have to yoke that too and we are in well i would argue that um you know even you know the choice to enter into celibacy i mean that's still a sexual decision you yeah. know that's that's still engaging with sexuality and it's, and I would, I grew up Catholic, uh, Catholic priests, if people don't know, um, are celibate and you take a vow of celibacy as do nuns and, and some lay people also in the Catholic church who, who don't have the vocation, but still they, that's how they choose to honor their faith. And, and, and that is a sexual decision. And it's one that they have to continue to contend with. That's not an easy decision. I mean, that is going against biology. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but like that we literally have a, a biological primal impulse to engage sexually in some way. And so you are constantly facing that when you are choosing celibacy, right? So it's it's not opting out. I think in some way it's, it's like the power move of opting in. You know what I mean? That yes. you have to contend with that in a way that is... Um, really profound and um i mean talk about giving sexuality meaning like there must be meaning to it or we would not have so many systems of faith that think you have to opt out of it in order to actually engage fully with the faith do you know what i mean yes. um that like in the catholic tradition like to 
to become a priest is like, okay, you, you're not focused on family life because it, the thought is that it would distract you from leading your, your parish, right? That your parish is, is, is the family that you're leading. But I think inherent in that is, is the power of sexuality and, and the bonding that happens via sexuality that is so powerful that we have a lot of ways in our society and cultures over time up to present that we have worked to control it. And I think that just speaks to the, the absolute power and um, weight of, of the issue. I love that. That is so true. Um, thank you. I love that. I think um, one of the things that she, the Dr. Nagoski says in, in the book that I, I, speaking to what you just shared about power, the power of sexuality is also how we carry shame with it or we take the story out of it being shameful. Um, I know you know, most women I've spoken to in my life have, have experienced shame with their sexuality. And the few women that I've met who are like, oh yeah, I don't experience that. I just think they're forking unicorns, you know, like they just, they like, they just, where did you come from? It's so amazing. Um, and you know, I hope this doesn't ruin my daughter's life for the rest of her life, but I have a, a four-year-old and, you know, like at about age three, she started getting very curious about her own anatomy and her own sexual sure. anatomy. And that I'm so grateful I read the book right as she started having having these awakenings because um in the book she says you know like masturbating or touching yourself in erogenous zones is just like a, a toddler like pulling on their ear there's no difference to them if yeah. you don't make it a difference you know like certainly you're having a different sensation when you pull on your ear than when you like touch your vagina but the difference is how you color that experience for them or how you taint that and Totally. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of shame around sexuality and sex and like maybe how we can pivot our thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, I think it was actually Dr. Nagoski who I heard on a podcast one time who, who shared that maybe it comes from this book too. I can't remember, but I know I heard her say this one time about how, you know, if you happen to, to find your child like touching themselves somewhere that is you know thought of as sexual or sexualized in some way that if we respond with like oh my god what are you doing like that's the message they get about that part of their body right like we become our child's inner voices right the way that we respond to things and like they they're like oh I, well I don't know anything about the world yet I'm three uh I guess that's how I think about this thing okay that there's my there it is um and so that becomes their inner voice around it and so we have a lot of power and not that you can't unlearn. I think, you know, as, that's a lot of the work that I do as a sex therapist, right? Is helping people kind of unlearn some of those messages. So it can be attended to later, but like if, man, if we could head that off at the beginning, that would be, <laughs> would be really great. Um, I think, you know, it, it's so embedded in the way that our culture talks about sex is either, I think in this like very like traumatized way or this very like uh, pornographic way. And I guess I don't say that with a value judgment, but I guess as an example, like, you know, seeing like sex between a loving couple in a movie or something, oftentimes parents are like, <clears throat> my kid can't see that. But like you let your kid watch like violent action movies. Like mm -hmm. what would I rather my kid have exposure to, right? Like natural human sexuality or that's like that is appearing like respectful and consensual and all of that. Or like people murdering each other. And often kids see a lot of the latter. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and are censored a lot from the former. And I think that's a really weird, powerful message we're sending. Um, 
but you know, so I used to teach sex ed in public schools and um, would have different contracts with schools around the state. And and what is true is that if you are taking, I think I, I don't know if this is still true. It was many years ago when I was teaching. Um, if you are taking state money to do that work in Indiana, we were not allowed to show anatomy pictures that featured the clitoris. Like we weren't allowed to talk about the clitoris. Sweet. Um, uh huh. And but the rule was essentially that like if a kid asked a question, you could answer it. And so like, how do we get a kid to ask about it so we can talk about it? Which sounds like so bonkers, um, but it's true. And so like, you know, if it's labeled on a diagram, but we don't talk about it, we talk about everything else. Well, they say like, well, what's that? There's one you didn't talk about. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, you know, ways around it like that. But the fact that like because it's quote only for pleasure and it is specifically about the part of sex that's about pleasure and not about how our baby's made we weren't really encouraged or and in some schools allowed to even talk about it and while on the surface that might sound kind of like oh that's weird or like oh well i mean oh well like that is how people with clitoris experience pleasure i mean that is such a disservice and and sad to me frankly um and then leaves you know a whole like you know what 50 percent or whatever the population who has that anatomy unsure of what this is and what to do with it and what to ask for and like what value their sexuality has and then once they find out what it is well why can't we talk about that does that mean it's dirty or wrong i mean it just promotes this whole like legacy of of weird thoughts and feelings you know that, that don't need to be there um and if we just had a frank discussion about anatomy and what it's for like what what could be saved in that you know yeah well and i think you know our our like charter here is uh give yourself permission to be yourself or you know i am enough is our like english mantra affirmation it's like again there's not a clause on that and i think um i think that's what I, I gained from the book, and obviously, again, I'm, I read it from the lens of heteronormative cisgender female, but I think anyone who wants to be in touch with their whole self, and I love yeah. the point about, you know, whether that means you don't engage sexually or you do, I think this book is so, it was so important for me to, like, get an understanding that my sexuality is not wrong, but it's it's very much a part of who I am. It's not it's not shameful. Um, and, and there are ways to like, not only navigate that in healthy ways, but also like scientifically there's data to, to prove like how it can be useful and effective, which also yoga is a practice of efficacy and like your sexuality. You know, I think everything is always within a spectrum. Like certainly we can use it to be, you know, Overconsumptive. It can become something that can be overconsumptive, or it can be something that, not by choice but by fear or shame, is underutilized. And there's a middle ground for everyone, which looks different for everybody, to be effective in expressing ourselves as our fullest being, as our fullest self. So, I think if you're thinking about reading the book or joining the book club, that was the gift it gave me. Is you know to really look at myself as a, a full person means that I have to include my sexuality and not just view it as this like outlier, weird, shameful thing that I've been taught to ignore for so long. So um, do you have any last kind of thoughts or suggestions for people if they're going to be reading the book um, or any any takeaways you'd 
want to share? Yeah, you know, I think that, um, so what, what is a cool update is that in the years since it was published first, um, Dr. Nagasi also came out with a workbook to accompany it that I assigned to like most of my clients who are coming in with sexual health stuff. Um, and it's, it's exercises based on the book, which is really cool. Um, so if you're reading the book, there, there are some exercises and kind of thought experiments in there. And if you do the workbook, there's, that's all it is. And I think whatever, if you read both or just the book, I would encourage you to engage in some of those experiences because I think, you know, it's one thing to read through them and kind of go like, Oh, that's interesting. But to actually like do that work is really illuminating and, and don't shy away from it and be okay if it feels weird because you haven't grown up in a society where this is felt normal to talk about or to experience. Like I just said, in public schools, like we're literally told you can't teach about that fully. And so, um, you might feel weird and kind of embrace that and, and know that like, so did everybody else <laughs> who read that and engaged with it. But that, you know, much like our yoga practice, I mean, how many times the first time you try to posture, you like, Oh my God, like I, I look and feel so awkward <laughs> doing this right now. Like, what am I doing? Um, that it might feel similarly because it's, it's very new. And so my, my advice would be to, you know, even if it means like, I got to come back to that when I'm in a better headspace for it, but like, engage with it because I think the more like like most things the more you put into it the more you're going to get out of it um and then letting yourself have permission like this is actually a worthy thing to put your engagement into um because it's important and it's it's a part of you that you are allowed to experience to its fullest Mm, that's so good Mary Margaret thanks for your work in the world and I'm so excited for this conversation on May 9th I hope anyone listening to this will join in and um and to your point about like it being like a yoga class, I, I think this topic is very much for me, like learning scary new poses of like teetering on the edge of something that's like unknown, yeah. very scary. You know, if I fall or fail or share with people about it, it's going to be very shameful. And the truth is usually much much more liberating than like our fears of it. So if you can read the book, um, I know for me, it was, it was a game changer and, and having these dialogues with Mary Margaret will be even more so. So thanks, Mary Margaret. Yeah. If anybody, you know, has any questions they want to jot down as they're writing, feel free to bring them to our discussion and, um, I will share them anonymously if you want to like message them in some way too. Um, but you know, just be empowered to, to use that space for, for what we intended to be, which is an open dialogue that, you know, we're all learning from and don't be embarrassed of, of not knowing something because as we just discussed, right, a lot of us don't. And so like, you will not be the only one a- asking that question. Like everyone else will probably be like, Oh my God, thank God they asked that. Cause, <laughs> Cause I was wondering too, you know, um, so be empowered to do that and um, looking forward to engaging with everybody. Cool. Thanks y'all.